Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. There's three more. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to do today. We missed last week. Life just continued to get in the way. We have two weeks of stories to go through because I was too lazy to go ahead and just decide to trim a lot of fat. So, and last week actually had a lot too. For coming up on the holiday season, the tech news just continues to just flood in. Someone in chat is like, <laughs> like trying to transcript what I just said and just face roll on the keyboard when I just quickly said, morning, good afternoon, good evening, or, or it's 2 a.m. go to bed already and just face rolled that whole section there because I keep rambling through it so quickly. One day the whole opening just be like, I'm Eagle Falcon. That's what it's going to be one day. It just keeps progressively getting faster and faster and faster and faster until it just becomes language that can summon Cthulhu. But fortunately, you don't have to worry about Microsoft summoning Cthulhu. For you see, Microsoft has done the smart thing and has ended support for Windows 8, the operating system that very well could have summoned Cthulhu with how much its spaghetti code absolutely offended everyone that ever existed. <laughs> It won't be missed. The support for Windows 7 and 8 will end officially in January. And this includes the unique browser formerly known as Microsoft Edge. Now Microsoft browser is called Microsoft Edge. That browser will still exist, but Microsoft Edge, it will, its support will fully end. Someone in chat asked, what about Windows 9? You know, if you have Windows 9, you keep running it. You see what happens. You do that. Let me know how, how well Windows 9 works out for you. I'm sure it'll be an amazing mess that um, is totally real and not at all nightmare fuel for whatever the heck you're doing. Kind of like how TikTok is very quickly becoming nightmare fuel for, um, for, for TikTok as more and more governmental bodies, including the state of Georgia, which apparently I do not have the actual... I have the wrong story here. Where'd it go? Uh-huh. There we go. It's not looking good for the social app TikTok, as it is now banned from the state of Georgia on government-owned devices. This is starting to become a trend we're starting to see here in the U.S. More and more governmental bodies are banning the app TikTok from all their devices concerning its ability to spy. Now, some might be thinking that's just some crazy paranoia, but it, it, I'll tell you right now, it actually isn't. We have been reporting for a long time, years even, that the app TikTok does skim a shocking amount of data, like to the point that it is stunning just exactly what it's willing to skim. There's even some reports now, although their confirmation hasn't been assured yet, that in fact, TikTok is skimming data that you get from other applications as well. And by skimming, I mean controlling what you see. I'm very curious to know if this is actually happening. And then if that's the case, how long until at least Apple, if it is going ahead and trying to manipulate data that you get from other apps, how long is it going to remain on the app store? That is a gross, gross breach of Apple's terms of service. But I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the, this is going to be a big turning point early next year. You're going to see this more and more in the news, a possible push to ban TikTok. Now, will it go ahead and spread to 
consumer vice devices will in fact TikTok be banned from all devices in the US probably not and I'll tell you why and it goes to one of my favorite topics ever that's sarcasm I hate this topic politics TikTok whether you like it or not is extremely popular with the latest generation the generation Z's the zoomers do you really want to go ahead if you want to run for re-election to tick off the entire young voter voting base or the ignorant parents of said generation who just don't pay that close attention to politics? No. Despite the fact that actually both parties at this point kind of have, uh, kind of both, both have reasons to frown upon TikTok at this point. Like regulating in and reining in and restricting TikTok is one of the few issues politically that is bipartisan, but neither one wants to pull that trigger because basically it's shooting off their own foot. Aren't politics great? Well, Google would rather see the government take action against TikTok as TikTok is taking a very unusual step in going after YouTube by testing full screen landscape videos. If you don't understand what this means, allow me to quickly explain. TikTok got famous for doing what's called vertical videos, okay? This means you hold up the phone the long way, so it's up and down like you normally hold a phone, the video plays in that format. Normally, if you're watching a, a movie or whatnot, you're holding it landscape, the wide way. YouTube, unless you're watching shorts, you are holding it the wide way for 99% of all YouTube. TikTok's now encroaching on that territory. And I'm not gonna lie, how would that work? Is there just gonna be a separate section of TikTok for this? Because they already experimented with long form content and for whatever reason, in their infinite wisdom, they mix their long form with their short term. So like you get your 15 to 60 second videos side by side with your five to 20 minute videos. Granted, I don't explore TikTok all that much. I try to, you know, limit my exposure to it at all by, you know, not installing it on my phone at all. And also, you know, only browse it in a virtual hazmat environment. What, am I the only one that does that? If I have to go and, and view TikTok to go ahead, fire up a virtual machine in an isolated chamber on a remote server, remote into that server, view TikTok, and then uh, reformat the server from the ground up? I'm the only one who does that? Okay. We should normalize doing that. <laughs> I wonder how many IT people I just, just like, well, you do what? What? Why? Just don't go to TikTok. So this will be... <laughs> Chat's just like, just normalize not going to TikTok, dingus. Yeah, probably. Just probably. Yeah, what do we want to do? Normalize knowing uh, enterprise-grade uh, IT infrastructure and virtualization or normalize not going to TikTok. How about instead we normalize uh, very strange and law very strange lawsuits that sound good on paper but probably aren't going to go very far as um, as the big tech outlets are suing California claiming the child safety law violates the First Amendment. Honestly, like, even though I have like a whole lot of these back to back to back, this one's probably the one that has the biggest chance of actually of actual success. California is notorious for one thing here in the United States. If you're from across the pond and don't know this, California is the king of passing bad law with good intentions. No other state is better about passing bad law with good intentions than the state of California. So all your biggest participants, all your biggest tech outlets, 
are going ahead and suing the quote, California's Age Appropriate Design Code Act, or CAD, CADCA, <laughs> CADCA, <laughs> the C-A-A-D-C-A. -A -A. I don't think that one actually works as an acronym for once, but you're starting to see the, some of the biggest boys out there, Meta, Google, TikTok, we don't care about TikTok, all trying to go in and sue to block the law. I and, and all three of them, I get why they totally do that. But I mean, quite frankly, I'm not going to lie. I don't study California law, mostly because I have this crazy thing called a sliver of sanity, and I want to try and nurture and protect that tiny sliver of sanity that remains and not expose it to the insanity that is California. That fragile, fragile bit of sanity needs to be protected. So maybe this next story will help save my sanity. Nope, 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 no, it won't. Canadian judge is authorizing the Fortnite addiction lawsuit to move forward. Oh man. The lawsuit was originally brought over by three parents who said their children would not sleep, eat, or shower because they were addicted to playing Fortnite. You know, I don't want to sound like a Karen on Facebook, but maybe, just maybe, better parenting and stricter discipline is the answer here. Instead of letting freaking epic games in Fortnite dictate how your kids le live their lives. I say this, of course, as, as a, uh, as a sing single male. So, I mean, what do I know? But um, I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's, two, there's three parts to this whole thing. There's the kid, there's Fortnite, and then there's you. You have the power. You have the power to do things. In fact, believe it or not, these devices, these phones, even have parental controls to go ahead and prevent this sort of thing. I'm, if they win this lawsuit, you know, I, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my mind if they do. Someone in chat says, says a single male, you know how to turn off the internet. It's true. I do. I do know, in fact, how to turn off the internet. It's a very useful thing to know when all is said and done. Uh, let me tell you, this is one problem with uh, doing two days worth of stories back to back. I thought I had a third annoying lawsuit to cover, but apparently I axed it. Anyway, let's start with Elon Musk. Because that's always fun, right? Someone in chat says, to be honest, you need a sol solid knowledge of things, even when properly setting up parental controls on these devices, and even then it's not 100% secure. Another way to go, uh, yeah. You do need knowledge. If, if you want to go the absolute uh, crazy route, there's the per there's the parental controls inside the phone, but then that's not foolproof because it's always desktops. There are parental controls built into the router. That does require a little bit of know-how, but I do strongly encourage, learn these, learn these. I'd say also go look into the uh, parental controls on your Windows PC, but let's be perfectly honest. Um, they're terrible. I'm pretty sure your puppy can figure out how to break Windows parental controls. I'm pretty sure they have never been good because they never stop me ever. <laughs> you know, part of me would say like, you know, maybe that's one place that Mac is way better at, but I don't know. And anyway, Elon Musk's Neuralink is facing a federal po po pose probe because of animal testing apparently neuralink 
has been run pretty much exactly like uh, Elon has been verbally running Twitter, trying to go ahead and encourage very harsh hours, very hard pushes through all kinds of testing phases without properly doing any sort of double checks on anything or, you know, doing any sort of logical checking, like see, huh, if we go ahead and give everyone a blue check mark, will it, uh, will people try to go ahead and commit massive fraud and uh, ruin the stock price of many different companies? Uh, the answer was yes, by the way. Yes. Yes, they would. The same sort of stuff's going at Neuralink and has actually led to the death of many different monkeys in various testing, trying to go ahead and push the development of uh, these devices forward. This is quite possibly the worst bit of news Neuralink could ever have. Because let's be perfectly honest here for a minute. The concept of having an implant to control things with your mind already is very sci-fi. It is very, very, very cutting edge technology and not in the mainstream yet. So to go ahead and try to rush it out, it's not good. Not good at all. That is how you ruin trust. Like you gotta make sure that stuff is fully, fully baked in. Now, unfortunately, because my time telling abilities is completely off, I actually don't recall if we talked about the concerns of beds at Twitter HQ on Eagle Eyes on Tech or not. I'm not gonna lie, doing the two podcasts doesn't help anything either, especially when they cover the same sort of topics. But Elon Musk has officially come out and said, what? Beds at Twitter HQ? People trying to go ahead and, uh, and basically live at work and violate how, uh, zoning laws? No, that's not happening. <laughs> Why would you think that? That's silly. You're silly in the head. Yeah, well, um, it's one thing to go ahead and say you're, it's like, I'm sorry, you're violating housing laws. You're literally breaking the law. You know what, um, you know what Elon's statement was that put the rumors of providing lodging at Twitter HQ and violating zoning laws is here's what he had to say musk has accused the city of attacking companies for providing bedrooms for tired em employees how dare you go after me for the thing you're going after me that is against the law and is violating zoning restrictions because i wanted to go ahead and provide beds for tired employees what is wrong with you <laughs> what is actually wrong with you at least he's honest Part of me totally expected him to just uh, deny it outright and just be like, what? No, that's not happening. You're, you're silly. You're silly in the head. Nope, just straight up admit it. It's just how dare you? How dare you come after me for the thing that, that I'm actively doing right now? It's like, imagine if a company was, imagine if, if like a company was just like accused of dumping toxic waste into like the Atlantic Ocean. Just like straight up cartoon villain dumping toxic waste, like radioactive goop, glowing green goop in the Atlantic Ocean. And then the EPA came in and just like, you can't do that. We're gonna have to fine you like heavily. And then the company's response was, how dare you? How dare you come after me for polluting the entire ocean with radioactive goo? You can't do that. <laughs> Granted. A couple of beds in Twitter HQ is a lot less severe than that, but it's still in violation of the law and people are going to be coming after you for that. There's just no ands, ifs, or, ors, or buts about it. Twitter is relaunching 
Twitter blue, but it's going to be at a higher price for Apple users. This is not a surprise to anyone. So the revamped version of Twitter blue went live. I have not seen any massive amounts of fraud this time around. The colored badges seem to be helping. I don't know why you didn't just make the Twitter blue badge a different color. It's like what gold for companies, black for, uh, for political, political outfits. And then like blue for everything, everyone else. Why didn't they make a green badge for everyone else? And then the actual Twitter blue people actually have a blue badge or, you know, give me the option. <sighs> We'll see how it goes. And before anyone goes ahead and tries to pull a CNBC here and go like, oh my God, they hate Apple users. Yeah, you wanna know why? Because Apple charges 30% more than any other outlet for in-app purchases. It's the same thing on Twitch right now. Those of you watching this live at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, go ahead right now, go ahead and try bits. Because if you go ahead and try to buy bits on the main website, you're gonna find out that you cannot cheer in your own channel. That didn't help. You're going to find out that, um, that's not helpful. You're going to find out that the rate for buying bits is a buck 40 for a hundred bits. But if you go ahead and try to do it on say iOS or, um, or Android, it's like what? $2, something like that. Just about every site does this where they charge more on the actual mobile version of the app simply because they are required to go through the in-app purchasing which in their infinite wisdom includes a 30% markup or rather a 30% cut that they have to pay, which is by the way, still outrageous, completely and utterly. So that's more Apple than anyone else. Now, what we can go after Elon for is the fact that, um, well, the latest drama on Twitter, here's what went down. All right. So let's first go over what is doxing. And I already know that a lot of you right now the one I mentioned, Twitter and doxing, you know exactly where the story is going. But we gotta talk about it anyway. Doxing is when you go ahead and reveal a decent amount of personal information about someone against their will. This can include personal information, such as birth dates, addresses, current location, actual real names. You get the idea, right? Well, a lot of journalists were kind of poking and prodding Elon and reporting exactly where he is in the world, including an account that was just straight up tracking his private jet. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't like Elon Musk. I'm liking his fans a lot less that are trying to justify why the Tesla semi is such a amazing, fantastic innovation and citing no actual useful bits of information in regards to how the electric semi actually helps the logistics industry. Instead, citing the fact that it goes zero to 60 in six seconds, or the fact that the charging infrastructure for an electric semi isn't in yet and requires a megawatt. That being said, these various journalists and these independent accounts that are going about and tracking Elon's location, they all got suspended. Journalists who reported on this also got suspended and are now offended that they got suspended. I'll tell you this right now. I actually agree with Elon on this, 100%. Personally, I would find that distasteful. I personally would classify that as stalking. And even though it's done on a person that I dislike, I still got to call it until I see it. It's still terrible. 
It's awful. And I, for one, do agree with the Elon Musk suspensions of these journalists. The same thing goes with the independent accounts that have been tracking his jet. With that said, because some of you are thinking it, that actually have been keeping tabs on this story, there was another tweet that Elon did where Elon went ahead and broadcasted an entire license plate and someone's masked face that was spying on him outside of his house, effectively doxing someone else who was also trying to dox him. That guy was also in the wrong, but so is Elon. Because you know how I said that if people were going ahead and tracking my beater of a car and all that and trying to pin down exactly where I worked for that kind of thing, that that's totally wrong and their account should have been, been suspended. Uh, yeah, Elon, I hate to break it to you. What you did is kind of hypocritical, like really hypocritical because you just doxed someone. Yeah, they might've had the intention of doxing you and where you are, but that doesn't make it okay. Absolutely not. Sorry, dude. So that's pretty much all I have to say about the doxing situation with Elon Musk. Now, how about some funny news? There has been a holiday update that has come to the latest Tesla vehicles, the ones that are basically undrivable because they went ahead and decided that half of a steering wheel is as good as a full steering wheel. Even though it's not, I still absolutely hate the new Model X and S, but <sighs> at least they now can play Steam and can now go ahead and play any game on Steam using the center infotainment system. So you now basically have a small little 17 inch screen in your car while you're charging on your electric road trip that you can play any Steam game you want. So assuming you can get really good with the controller, you too can play the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14, which includes a free trial up to level 60 with no restriction on playtime, right there in your six-figure electric car while you're charging for 45 minutes. Hey, I'm just saying, once you go ahead and take your one-hour charge break every hour you travel, and I'm not saying, you know, one-to-one -one hour because that's how long it takes to, to charge. I'm saying that because that's all you're going to want to do make some distance, find a nice place to rest, get some lunch, play the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14, which includes a free trial up to level 60 with no restriction on playtime, and just get some more levels. I'm just saying, on your Christmas road trip to see your relatives, you're gonna have that le that level 70 uh, monk from level one. It's calculated right there. Or level 60, because you only went and got the free trial. Someone in chat asked, how long until we jail jailbreak it for autopilot? Please don't, please don't. I've already seen uh, a couple of people test the current status of the uh, the full self-driving. Um, I like living and I want you to live. Please, please don't play the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy 14 with a free trial up to level 60 with no restriction on playtime and drive. Just don't. Actually, now that I think about it, does the, does the Steam beta for Tesla actually include internet? Hmm, I don't know. That is actually a very good question. We're going to take a quick break here when we, oh, never mind. I actually do have one more story that did get shuffled around incorrectly. Someone in chat says those relics aren't going to farm themselves. It's true. After you complete your free trial on your road trip out, out to your relatives, you're going to go ahead and start farming those AR relics on the critically acclaimed MMORPG. Someone else in chat just says play truck simulator so you can drive while you drive. Believe it or not, actually, that was a game that was put into... I think that's actually in all Tesla cars too. 
that there's actually a racing simulator built into all Tesla models, not just these newer ones that have Steam. Now, one thing I don't know is I don't know if this update will include the Tesla Semi. I honestly don't know. Cause you're gonna do something as you're charging that megawatt of power. But there's an update on the Tesla Semi. PepsiCo has announced they'll be rolling out 100 Tesla Semis next year. Now, your first instinct is probably the same as mine and went, whoa, that is a major commitment to something that's been in development three years longer than they said it was going to be. That is a huge commitment for something that there's not a whole lot of third-party charging infrastructure for. That is a huge commitment all around. Until you remember one thing, it's Pepsi. Someone on my Discord, when they went ahead and boasted on this, it's like, that's probably like, like three or four of these Tesla semis per distribution center. It's probably even less than that. It's probably like one to zero per distribution center. PepsiCo has a lot of distro centers scattered across the country. What I'm more interested to know is how much is PepsiCo spending to roll out the megawatt, the 1000 kilowatt charging infrastructure needed to charge their 100 Tesla semis. For those of you wondering why I keep stressing megawatt, I want to remind you that the average home is like what? Three, four kilowatts on average. This sucker takes what? 200, 300 homes worth of electricity to charge for 500 miles. That is a ton of power. Someone in chat says a local delivery vehicle would be, mu would be more useful, lots of stop and go. That's what I've been saying as they were like rolling out the Tesla Semi. Companies like Rivian, companies like um, Arrive, Ford, now Dodge, have all had the right idea. International even. All of these companies went ahead and started working on an electric cargo van first. They worked on the last mile of logistics. You have three phases. You have OTR, which is what most semis do, that travel from coast to coast. They crisscross the entire country, filling up every single warehouse out there. You then have regional trucking that does short distance between one warehouse to a much more local distribution center. And then you have what's called last mile. These can include small day cab semis, which the Tesla semi is absolutely not one of them, or cargo vans that pick up the goods from the last distribution center and go door to door or store to store, delivering the cargo to the, as the name suggests, last mile. That includes a lot of stop and go. Stop and go on internal combustion engines, whether diesel or gasoline, is wasting a lot of energy. It's why your city, your city MPG on your car is usually about two thirds of what your highway MPG is. It's all that stop and go. An electric vehicle handles stop and go much better because there's no buildup of energy. There's no four to five gears you have to shift through or in the case of semi or in the case of semi anywhere from seven to 18 gears to shift through from that stop and go. So an electric vehicle has a lot of that. Someone in chat says Pepsi and Coca-Cola distributors around you do a lot of uh, delivery of semis. They do it with what's called a day cab though. That's the thing. And the Tesla semi, although it is a day cab, it is the worst kind of day cab because it's built like a, um, like a sleeper. 
so if you're watching the, the live version, I have a picture of, an, of a Tesla Semi right here. You'll notice one of the things here is that your wheel here versus the distance between this wheel here is longer than it is on a traditional day cab. Anyone could go ahead and just build a sleeper cab like Tesla did here and just not have the bedroom in the back and just say, all right, here, here's a whole lot of personal space. You can go ahead and stretch out as stretch out or, or whatever as you're doing your day to days. This distance between these two wheels means that this sucker is gonna have a longer turn radius. Inside the city, you do not want that. You, you desperately want a much tighter turn radius. Volvo especially has been working on trying to make in American trucks a tighter and tighter and tighter turn radius specifically for this on their VNR trucks. Their, I forgot what VNR actually stands for. I know the R stands for regional. Volvo, I don't know. But yeah, obviously they built this sucker to house a lot of the, lot of the batteries. And that's the other big elephant in the room too, is that uh, we still don't know the payload. Also, by the way, um, all these, um, all these actual uh, Tesla cultists that try to say that uh, Elon has beat out Freightliner and everything in every category and say that the Tesla Semi has all of them beat on payload. Can you please prove it? I'd love to see that evidence. I want to see this because... I have been searching high and low for this information because that is by far the biggest stat that matters on this semi truck is the freaking payload and Tesla's doing their dangdest to hide this from paying customers. For crying out loud, I, I what is the capacity? What is the, what is the payload, man? We need to know if you, if you expect us to adopt a, a freaking electric semi, you gotta give me the payload. It's like trying to sell a house without telling them what the square footage is. <sighs> We're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we have a lot more to get to, including AI art, new updates on NFTs, and so, so, so much more, including the city of Antwerp. Yeah, you never thought you'd hear that, did you? I didn't. <laughs> Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Yep, it's that time of year again. Gotta break out the Christmas bumpers, right? The only time we actually do festive bumpers. Maybe we should actually normalize that a bit more. But I actually don't have any, like, like good ones that aren't, like, replayed over and over and over again. And that, that's the key. If you're gonna do Christmas music, it better be ones that aren't overplayed at infinitum. Because that's how you make Grinches. Yeah, I'm looking at you shopping malls. You are creating Grinchageddon. Stop it. See, we already got we already got one suffering from Scroogeism saying bah humbug in chat. That's the first step to being full-blown Grinch. And no, playing you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, over your mall speakers is not helping. What kind of is helping is the fact that artists can now opt out of the next version of Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion, if you don't know, is one of the AI models used to turn uh, text to images for AI art. Actual 
artists have been very concerned about AI art simply because they are, they're really, they legitimately are concerned. It is going to eventually just take their jobs as 2D artists, which is funny because 3D artists are embracing AI art to go ahead and do all the tedious nonsense in their 3D modeling. It's a very strange bit of uh, an accidental war starting to break out where you have your 2D artists wanting this technology to die in a fire and you have the 3D artists saying, evolve faster, improve faster. Please take the pain away. Rotoscoping for seven hours straight is getting obnoxious. Granted, there are some concerns, but I'll, I'll tell you what. As someone who's now played with AR, as someone who has played with AI art, there we go. English is hard. I understand why a lot of people try to call themselves AI artists, because trying to get the keywords just right to get these AIs to like create the right image is very difficult. It is way more difficult than anyone wants to give them credit for. But I still wouldn't call, I, I wouldn't call myself, despite the fact I've gotten some okay results, an AI artist. Mostly because I look at the hands and then die inside. Holy cow, AI artist, AI art has the hardest time with hands. Also, for whatever reason, if you try to go ahead and make a character in a long coat, it is way too eager, e eager to uh, mess up a whole bunch of other things. Like ignore the fact you said what color shirt should be under said coat and just have them topless under the coat. The AI art engines are even hornier than the internet. We don't know how it happened, but it was. So artists not wanting their works to go ahead and train AI art, mostly because they wanna make sure that if people want their styles, they just go straight to them and commission their work rather than go to AI, makes a whole lot of sense. Someone in chat says they think that's just stable. That's quite possible. I haven't had a chance to test out any other versions other than the stable version, mostly because um, I have a life very busy life one that i wish would calm down they ask you how you are and you just have to say that you're fine anyway maybe it's possible that newer versions have gotten way 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 better but i have no idea i just simply do not know anyway let's switch over to everyone else's favorite topic nfts paris hilton jimmy fallon and several other celebrities are being sued for promoting everyone's absolute favorite nfts the bored ape yacht club oh boy now while cryptocurrency in general actually looked like it had a future um nfts always seemed like at least to anyone who was paying attention to how they operated did not ever look like they had had a future i'm sorry i'm just incredibly distracted because the article i have up talking about this also has a sidebar article entitled quote Final Fantasy 14 fans can't get over new giant goth mommy dungeon boss. And it's really, really distracting. <laughs> I have thoughts about that boss as well. But, um, you know, there's this crazy thing called the patch isn't even out yet. All we have is a picture. <laughs> By the way, the boss, the, that boss has doll joints. Let that sink in for a minute. Anyway, Board Ape Yacht Club being promoted by Paris Hilton and Jimmy Th Fallon. Chat immediately goes to lewd territory. Once I say I have thoughts, how dare you? First of all, the whole thing. <laughs> chat's just off the rails. I need, I need, I need to just, I need to stop paying attention to this over here. You can't see it. My hands covering up chat right now. In any case, Fallon, Hilton, and others are all 
being sued because they were promoting NFTs, trying to promote them at their peak to push their own ownership higher and then trying to sell off after the peak was reached to profit their own pockets. A, a concept that is commonly referred to as a pump and dump. At least that is what the suit is trying to allege. It is going to be very, very interesting to see how this goes down and what it's going to mean for NFTs in general. Like right now, the cost of NFTs is basically nothing. All around, the price has gone down to a small fraction of what it once was. Why? Because the concept was never stable in the first place, obviously. It never was. It was never sustainable. But here we are, just saying, man, NFTs are fun. Wee! I also want to remind you that with an NFT, you do not actually own the art. The Board Ape Yacht Cub does, in fact, give you a creative license. You do not actually own said art. Board Ape Yacht Club still technically owns the owns the art. You have a creative license to use said art as long as you have the NFT and as long as the server stays up. Which, by the way, once the server goes down, not only is your NFT useless, but the the claims that you have access to is now a 404 error code. Yeah, even though Board Ape Yacht Club was the most legitimate of all the NFT projects, there was still some big red cautionary asterisks next to the whole affair. And quite frankly, you should always be concerned when it comes to things like pretty much anything crypto cryptocurrency at this point. Anyway, I promise you're going to talk about the city of Antwerp. What is the city of Antwerp? Well, the city of Antwerp is a fictional city that exists in the game game Uncharted Waters that is based on the real city of Antwerp within Belgium. And yes, the only reason I do know about Antwerp is because the NES game Uncharted Waters. Dude, that was a great place to sell sugar. Go up to London, buy sugar, go down to Antwerp, sell sugar. First three boats right there, baby. There's a game I should play, play again, even though it would probably do terrible as a streaming game. That was some good, good times, let me tell you. But why is Antwerp in the news? And is it because of said game I mentioned? No, it isn't. But it is because all city sug all city services were completely shut down because of hackers that attacked a partner that works with the city of Antwerp. All the city services. Poof. Not there. Gone. The disruption affected services used by civilians, schools, daycare centers, and the police, which have been intermediately functioning for a little over a day. I can only imagine the kind of chaos that would start. Fortunately, I don't have to have to think about it because fortunately we have stories talking about how Holmes had to switch to pen and paper due to the cyber attack on Antwerp in order to function over the two day service outages. Wow. That's uh, that's, that's very concerning. <laughs> Actually having to resort to pen and paper. My God. What's next? Having to resort back to stone slabs and chisels? Did they start using Flintstone mobiles? One hack, that's all it took. We are all one hack away from basically becoming the Hanna-Barbera's Flintstones cartoons. That's all it takes, man. Make sure your cybersecurity is always up to date. Always, always, always. Now, how did this all started? What exactly was the attack? Well, it turns out that it was our favorite kind of cyber attack. Yep, it was ransomware. 
because of course it was. They were targeting the municipality, but instead hit the police instead. But they'd still managed to hit the, the municipality anyway. And the whole thing just started spiraling out of control. And of course, tons of data got leaked out. Of course it did, including car plates, fines, criminal crime report files, personnel details, investor reports, and many, many, many more. Someone in chat asked, did they pay? Um, there's nothing in the article saying that they did pay. I would assume they didn't, but I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how technologically advanced the city of Antwerp is. It's just kind of one of those questions that you never ask because it's, why? Why would you? Someone in chat says they assume not, which is probably why it was leaked. That's an okay assumption, except that a lot of these places just don't care. I mean, the fact they also leaked it just says quite a lot, actually. Because wouldn't you think you'd want to, like, sell it off? Sell off that sweet, sweet data? But someone did mention in the chat earlier that um, they are going to say F the police, but then realize, you know, maybe the police in Antwerp are actually better. And I'll say this about police here in, here in the States. It varies widely from area to area. Like, police in, uh, in Milwaukee here... Uh, the biggest city near me like over overworked douches all right tosa where i grew up literal a-holes out here where i live now the friendliest bunch out there unless they pull you over then they're gonna slam you hard oof other than that great people great great people san francisco on the other hand um well they approved killer robots so what, what are you gonna say about that <laughs> i'm not even kidding about that they approved killer robots I mean, the key thing here is that they did approve killer robots. San Francisco has reversed the approval of killer robots. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be because the headline that San Francisco police approve killer robots didn't exactly test well? We want to generate trust and faith in the police with better training, firing of disgruntled cops that are way too trigger happy, and to make sure that the police force in general is a friendlier place. Oh, and by the way, we're going to approve killer robots. The good cops out there already have a bad enough time trying to get any kind of respect because the bad cops have given cops in general such a bad name that nobody respects cops. What the heck did you think killer robots were going to do to the image? Help? No. We're crying out loud, man. Think. Think. Ah. Someone in chat asked, what about Ohio? I know nothing about uh, police in Ohio. I imagine, based on the state of Ohio, they are probably very, very friendly outside of the major cities. Once you get into the major cities, they are disres disrespected and disgruntled. That That's just like a generalization. I know nothing about the Ohio police. But if you prefer, I can come up with a fictional story about Ohio's trying to slowly take over the world because Ohio is not actually a state. It is a greeting, and soon it will consume everything in disgruntlement about realizing that their name just means, oh, hi, oh. I mean, I could come up with that kind of BS too. That's always a fun meme to go down, but we also have more important tech news to cover. Like the fact that uh, Apple has basically flipped off the FBI. That's not hyperbole. Apple has flipped off the FBI. Apple's plan to scan all of your photos for the CSAM system has been Axed. CSAM, for those who don't know, is the Child Sexual Abuse Material program started by the FBI. The whole point of the program was to scan your phone, your phone, your photos, everything on the device and in the cloud 
for anything that could be child abuse or worse. I'm just going to leave it or worse for the simple fact that I don't know what I'm allowed to say on the subject on all the podcasting platforms we're on. So I'm playing it very safe. So, I mean, this is definitely a point in the, if you don't want prying eyes in your phone, Apple's now the way to go. But it also now means if you're a horrible monster and want to take pictures with your phone of horrible things, Apple's the way to go, which is also not a good, good look. It's always the problem when you get to topics that are this deep and dark. Because on one hand, this is a very gross abuse of privacy. One that could be fought in a court of law as a First Amendment violation, the free, or not a First Amendment violation. Um, what is, I can't remember which amendment of the Bill of Rights. Is it the fourth? I should look this up. Four, man, fourth sounds right. It's not the fifth, that's for sure. It's not the second, it's not the first. Okay, yeah, Fourth Amendment is search and seizure. Thank you, chat. Yeah, it, is a, it, it could easily violate, you could easily make the claim that, that it violates the Fourth Amendment. Whether it would hold up in a court of law is another story even though I would personally think it's pretty clear cut. So, I mean, there is that. So what do you do from here? I honestly don't know. I really don't. We're just gonna have to wait and see how things go down in all of this. And to make matters even worse, as though one giant middle finger to the FBI wasn't hard enough, Apple at the same time also announced stronger data encryption on both the device and on iCloud to push back against FBI snooping. Hmm. I mean, good on Apple. Actually going ahead and, you know, trying to keep that whole claim of liking data protection. But I'd also like to remind Apple that um, it wasn't all that long ago, actually. Did we actually talk about Eagle Eyes on Tech? We must have, because I don't have it in my stories here. I can't imagine I would forget about it. But it comes on the heels of Apple saying that, uh, it coming out that they, they were, in fact, skimming data collected from their app store and selling that data. So, you know, for a company that already had like a high record of, of all privacy all the time, they took a huge hit on that when it was found that in fact, they weren't, they were in fact skimming data about you right on the Apple app store. So is this whole thing of pushback against the FBI, Apple just being, you know, privacy good guy, or is it in a PR repair move in regards to the Apple app store? It's hard to say. But if you thought that it's just the US government that Apple's out to poke in the eye, oh, no, 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 no. Because it's the UK as well. Gotta go ahead and uh, hit back against the UK, right? The privacy changes also are going up against the UK government's online safety bill called the Advanced Data Protection. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the name of the feature. The actual law is called the... Uh... <laughs> Okay, we actually don't have the name of the law it's violating, but we basically just have all of uh, the UK lawmakers going ahead and just saying, this is a blow against uh, fighting crime and criminal activities. Now we can't spy on the criminals. How are we supposed to know who break law if law contained an iPhone? You're a monster, Apple. How dare you not let us spy on everyone? I admit I'm just an ignorant American in all this. Um, I don't exactly know the culture that exists over in the UK and what is considered socially ex acceptable or not. Pretty much the only thing I know about the UK is the fact that QY is an amazing show and I'd liked more episodes here in the US and that Top Gear was good back when the original three were on that I'm blanking on right now. 
I'm just saying we need more cars set on fire to melt to melt ice and more news about the Daisy Sandero. So I'm not I'm not fully fluent in the culture of the UK. But you know, if your whole thing about saying what's wrong with um with Apple is the fact they won't let you spy on people, maybe just maybe you're in the wrong. It's just something to consider in all this. We're going to take a break here when we come back. I want to talk about the Apple alternative app stores for the iPhone and iOS. Yep, they are coming. They are on their way. Maybe. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. It almost feels like we've been, it's been another day since we've done a segment on this podcast just because we had some major, major technical malfunctions that required software resets, data clearing, data management. It's, it's been a whole ordeal. And I swear it cost us like another hour to do it all. But we're back. Even though for you, it was like, Probably a minute, because that's probably about where I'm going to put the uh, the anchor ad. Chat saying it was only 35 minutes. Are you sure it wasn't wasn't nine years? I'm pretty sure it was nine years. I don't, no, I know. It's been nine years since Apple ever contemplated actually having an alternative app store within the iPhone and iOS and iPad. But it does appear they are poised to actually make that move. And the reason being a very good one. You see, Apple has realized that having a monopoly on their own app store is wrong. That it is in fact bad for the consumer to go ahead and just be casually missing large chunks of audio and, and everything else. Just large chunks of uh, the potential market space out there and has decided that in fact having third-party app stores is best for all people so that everyone can make the most out of their incredibly powerful, dynamic iPhone. And that is why third-party apps, third-party app stores are going to be allowed on the iPhone. So you too can choose whether you want to use the Verizon store, the Epic Games store, the Microsoft store, or in fact, the Apple store out of the goodness and kindness of Apple's heart. Does anyone believe me? Anyone? Did that sound believable? No, 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 no one, no, no, not a soul, no one. No one believed it? Yeah, you're right. It, it, it was, in fact, because of our favorite villain, EU regulations. Are you really surprised? Of course it was EU regulations. We talked about the act before, the Digital Marketers Act that was enacted in the EU. It is going to be going into effect into early 2023, but companies won't have to comply with it until 2024, which means Apple is going to go ahead and possibly actually comply with the law starting in 2024. You know, assuming that their inevitable lawsuit actually doesn't win. But Apple has in fact said that despite of their lawsuit, they are in fact, quote, developing a solution to prepare for the future does not mean that it will not see the light of day. It also doesn't mean that it'll make the ability available worldwide. That was the wrong quote. 
but is an important one regardless because it means that quite possibly it's only going to be available in the eu the rest of the world you can suck it enjoy your 30 percent tax on everything <sighs> you want to go ahead and enjoy multiple stores well for you you're a monster and it is kind of disappointing there that they've basically come out and just said that but in the end it is what it is and all we can do is wait and see how things go all right let's get into some juicy news because this is what this is the big news last week all right and this actually has some big ramifications across the gaming industry first off microsoft has entered a 10-year commitment to bring call of duty to can anyone guess where is call of duty headed all right where are they committing Call of Duty is gonna go? That's right, to Nintendo. I've always wondered why Call of Duty wasn't on such a family-friendly console like the Nintendo Switch. Man, you know what I'd love to do? Um, I would love to be able to just chill out, play some Animal Crossing, go ahead and neglect my house a little bit longer, then uh, switch over and uh, play some classic games like Mario, Pokemon, Richie Mahjong, Another such peaceful games that don't make me want to hurl tiles across the room and just enjoy my wonderful, innocent bliss. And then fire up Call of Duty to remind me that the world is hell because I need to go ahead and get killed over and over again as my Joy-Con drifts send me, send me off into a wall and then get headshotted by a six-year-old and that have them yell at me about how, how they're fornicating my mother as they're teabagging me. That, that's the kind of experience I'm looking for on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I am surprised Nintendo is like, yeah, we're on board. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at the decision. I'm just shocked, confused, and extremely disappointed. <sighs> it's just, it's just, what can you do? What can you do? Although in other, in other news, speaking of Nintendo and their friendliness, uh, Nintendo nuked a documentary on a canceled Zelda tactics game. They in fact filed a DMCA claim on Did You Know Gaming's original reporting of a game that never launched. Nintendo's wisdom is beyond my comprehension. The game never existed, what are you claiming? Dude, we committed a amazing moment of actual journalism, found this unreleased gem and decided to talk about it. Like, that's a good story. Nintendo's just like, nah, fam. Yeah, I'll talk about it, ever. What a douche move. What a great, great move by Nintendo. Now, if only they could go ahead and give us some basic updates, you know, some, something to make us forget about the fact that there are a bunch of douche lords. Oh, there we go. Uh, Mario Kart 8 has just had an update. Let's players choose what custom items they can have. Ooh, I have a question. How in the actual hell was this not a feature in Mario Kart already? Like seriously, how was this not a feature? How did this not exist before? Someone in chat points out this game is a decade old. Believe it or not, we had the technology to do this a decade ago. You wanna know why? Cause this was a feature in the very first Super Smash Brothers. We've had this technology for how long? I think this just really shows the, the ability for Nintendo to just adapt. Mario Kart 8, is currently, if I'm not mistaken, the most recent version of Mario Kart, 
it only just now gets a basic feature and oh hey by the way for an added bonus the game is almost 10 years old as someone in the chat pointed out someone in chat says let's be honest 12 carts one track nothing but blue shells sounds thrilling that sounds like chaos it's actually yeah you might be onto something there as long as i'm not playing as long as like no human is playing that sounds fine all right now realizing that my stories are now back in order sony has in fact responded to microsoft about uh, the nintendo switch getting call of duty sony first off is um absolutely losing their mind and i don't blame them because of course sony was saying you know microsoft's gonna go ahead and corner the market because of getting call of duty and then microsoft offered Sony the ability to say like, all right, you know what? You can have a 10 year deal of it. And Sony's just like, but, 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 and then Sony's like, Microsoft, okay, fine. We'll give it to Microsoft. And Nintendo is like, but, 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 that was totally the actual transcript of the meeting. Totally. Just take my word for it. Totally. Sony's actual response though, to the fact that, uh, Microsoft signed a 10-year deal with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo Switch. Was more along the line of, can the, can the Switch even run COD? I think they have a point. Have you seen the size of COD games? I'm pretty sure they measure in at 12 terabytes. With like 6 petabyte updates sometimes. I'm pretty sure my Nintendo Switch has 32 megs in it. And by pretty sure, I mean I grossly exaggerated all of those numbers. But the point still kind of stands. What actually is my Switch's internal capacity i actually now want to know so i can't be accused of just making this up on the fly my actual system memory has 3.4 gigabytes on it my micro sd card has oh actually a lot of space on it still holy cow it looks like about 64 gigs maybe 32 wait no that's on the sd card that one's also on the sd card that's 10 there all right i think mine actually might be 32 gigs of internal system memory yeah that's what it's looking like and then it has an SD card, which holds another 256 gigs. COD alone, unlike the PC, is like 20, 30 gigs. Might actually even be more than that. I, I will say for disclosure reasons that the one I have is an OLED switch. We'll, we'll give full disclosure there. It is. But my point still stands. My point actually stands even harder. Because it's not going to fit in my standard switch as it is. How the heck is it going to stand in the average switch? And on top of that, it's a mobile processor in there. Nintendo and developers have done some amazing things with that Tegra processor that's in there, but it's just that. It's a two watt arm Tegra processor. I don't think that Activision's gonna be able to get that to run efficiently on there. Just not actually. You wanna know what's gonna end up happening? It's the most obvious answer. And someone in chat already has it. I mean, not word for word, but they have the answer. The cloud. It's going to be a cloud game, 100%. That's the only way it's going to happen, which is not going to be a good experience on Nintendo's part. But here's the thing with the Nintendo deal, and it's, and it's a bit of a detail I've been intentionally ignoring now until right now when it's been very uh, necessary. The deal between Microsoft and Nintendo only applies if, and only if, the acquisition deal of Activision Blizzard and Microsoft goes through. The FTC has made a move to block the acquisition deal of Activision Blizzard and Microsoft. This kills the deal. And as much as we don't want to say it, this may very well 
kill Blizzard. Let me explain. The biggest thing that's going to kill this deal is the fact that Activision exists. Activision, despite the fact that it's, be that it's being managed by a bunch of actual money-grubbing psychopaths, is still one of the most profitable game companies on the planet. And of the entire portfolio of Activision Blizzard, it is the one that is in the best shape by far. And that getting exclusivity rights is why the FTC is killing this. The other portion of this, King Games, which Activision Blizzard also owns, is doing fine. We all hate that it's doing fine because King makes some of the most predatory mobile games in existence. <laughs> Cash Um, But it's doing fine. It's making money hand over fist. Oh, wait a minute. Is, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did I say cat clash of clans? I meant candy crush. Um, yeah, they're doing fine as much as I wish they weren't because they are literally a pox on all of gaming. Blizzard, on the other hand, Blizzard has lost all of its goodwill. There's no ifs, ands, or, or buts about it. There's not a whole lot of goodwill left that Blizzard has. To make matters even worse, after they went ahead and lost the PR war with the sexual harassment lawsuits and handling them about as unconvincingly as one can handle them, they then started to tick off the people who didn't care about the sexual harassment lawsuits. The actual players. World of Warcraft was doing abysmally until just recently when the newest expansion launched. Right now, the newest expansion is in what is called a honeymoon period. That means it just launched. We're all still happy. Go lucky. It's like, oh, everything's great. Look at all the new stuff to do. Everything's so cool. Wow. Eventually, that honeymoon period wears off and you start judging it rationally. Kind of like how in Endwalker in Final Fantasy XIV, you're wowed by everything, all the new sites and everything. Then you kind of step back a little bit and go, well, those plot lines are kind of, hmm, I don't know. We've all kind of had that, had that moment. It's, we'll see what happens with Blizzard in that regard. And keep in mind before this, not only did you have the terrible writing of the last two expansions of World of Warcraft, but also you had the game constantly try to take part in horrendous busy work just to keep you subbed, as well as incentives with other in-cash items to keep you subbed over and over and over again. Trying to just like keep you there. In the meantime, you have Hearthstone, that's kind of in a weird limbo period, while also trying to figure out how to monetize its free sections. You have Diablo, that is very quickly becoming the... M I feel bad for Diablo fans. There's no other way to say it. Between Diablo Immortal being the period, worst period, monetized period, game period, ever period, and the fact that Diablo 4 seems to be a single player game with a cash shop, not just like some, not, not some extra purchasable DLC, an actual mobile style cash shop, potentially if rumors are true, also complete with battle pass on a single player game that costs $60. Diablo fans in Blizzard are being squeezed and wrung out for every single cent they have. That's not fair to them. I feel legitimately bad for them. And then you have Overwatch, who made a sequel that's not really a sequel. The only thing that was supposed to be a sequel was the fact that it had, you know, PvE, but that's not there. And then ditched the loot box system for a much more predatory battle pass system that actually stresses out people even more and makes them wish that loot boxes were back. Do you understand how bad that is? 
when your monetization platform was straight up gambling and now critics of the game before are saying, you know what, maybe gambling wasn't that bad. That's how much extra work Overwatch 2 has done. And in a lot of cases has brought a worse, worse gaming experience than Overwatch 1 did. Bli the Blizzard section of Activision Blizzard needed this buyout badly because this would have given it A, the PR reset button because Microsoft said the old guard was going to stay in until the buyout happened. Kotick, the entire boards before, everyone were going to be gone. That was their goal. And right now, Blizzard desperately needs better management at the helm, both in their own company and in their parent company. While it's not officially done yet, I'll just tell you this right now. The FTC is going to win this lawsuit. The deal between Activision Blizzard and Microsoft is going to come to an end. And Activision Blizzard is going to have to see how they survive from here on out. Because right now, they have a huge PR problem and they need to address it weeks ago. I don't think a lot of people have let that sit in yet. Because everyone's still on like the honeymoon grace period of, it's fine, it's fine. Everything will be fine as soon as the buyout happens. And buyout's not coming. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to talk about the rest of the gaming industry, the game awards, the silliness that happened there, as well as the GPU space. Take care, and we will be right back. back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon i think we actually played this one earlier but i apologize not really though i want to talk a little bit more about the game awards and a few other bits of gaming news that are starting to leak out as well as a trend i am not a fan of we've already seen sony start to make this move and now unfortunately as pretty much everyone and their mother predicted microsoft is following suit starting to charge 70 dollars for mainstream AAA Xbox series series games. And no, I am not gonna do what the, what the rest of the tech media is doing it. I am not gonna call them the Xbox series X and Xbox series S games. That's way too many words. They went ahead to decide to call their series the series and I'm sticking to that. You get with your stupid name, Microsoft, you get to deal with it. I ain't stopping squat. But to see this trend, it's not surprising. It's disappointing especially as we see more and more games like uh, Diablo 4 try to come up with new ways to squeeze every single precious penny out of their pathetic user base. And quite frankly, I just want to play games, man. I'm not going to lie. I would, I would be more okay with a $70 AAA game than I should be as long as you just keep these stupid Battle passes, cash shops, loot boxes. If all of that's just left out, I'd be okay with this. I'd be way more okay with it than I absolutely should be. And I fully acknowledge I should not be okay with this. I'm not okay with this. But I have to look at the bigger picture now because that's unfortunately how video game monetization has become. And I wish it wasn't. I really do wish it wasn't. 
It should just be a simple. Here's the game. Would you like more game? Here's an expansion pass. Done. Oh, not even expansion pass. Expansion pat. Uh, expansion. What, what was it used to be called? Patch. Expansion. Was it just called an expansion? This is what this is what gaming's done to me. I can't remember the basics. <sighs> used to be so simple, man. <laughs> it used to be called DLC. Someone in chat says, please. Uh, I mean, you're not totally wrong. That is what it's called nowadays, but ugh. All right, let's talk about the Game Awards because the Game Awards actually did have some interesting things. First off, Final Fantasy 16. We have a date and it's looking good. Final Fantasy 16 will be launching PS5 exclusive, no surprise, on June 22nd, 2023. So for those of you who managed to slaughter enough unicorns to actually make a miracle happen and actually get a PlayStation 5, you too can actually go ahead and get what is looking to be a very promising single player solo story-based game from quite possibly the last person in the entire gaming industry that just wants games to be about games. That actually seems to actually care about the player. I mean, I say that, but FromSoft also seems, seems to do that too. Armored Core 4, or 6, I'm sorry, I can read Roman, Roman numerals, I swear, is on the way, and I'll be perfectly honest, I have never heard of Armored Core before. My address is 123 Fake Street, you can send all your writing there. And being a game from software, I'm torn. From software and me just do not get along. Mostly because I turn to gaming to relax, to unwind to after a long stressful day just escape the pressures of renewing ins insurance ta taxes having to talk to your accountant and making sure the business stays afloat and and all of that i want to just relax unwind and from software does an extremely good job of uh doing the exact opposite of that of that and providing some of the most challenging games out there but in a way that still keeps you in because it feels fair enough so it's like i get the appeal of from soft games but it's just like not for me but on the other hand you give me an rpg about building a mech and the young boy teenager in me loved gundam and a lesser known anime series called zoids which was just animal gundams as a sport and i th like just on its face by the core concept emerald core sounds like a very sounds like a game series that would absolutely scratch that itch but it's from software you have me very torn i know fans of the armored core series are just like losing their mind you know it's all good the mario brothers movie had had a trailer there anyway horizon forbidden west is getting to expansion cyberpunk 2077 is still being worked on july or i'm sorry diablo 4 is coming out next june and will blight the planet with it with its um uh cash shop and uh amazon has trying to make genshin impact all right all right all right bold prediction this genshin impact clone called blue protocol but it's misspelled because half the letters are zigzags here's my prediction i imagine this sucker is gonna have an amazing launch and then be an absolute dead game three months later not normalized out to a respectable game dead by the way, the headline here from The Verge says that it's trying its own Genshin Impact, but um, they also acknowledge that it's an MMO, MMO with an anime-style visuals and action RPG gameplay. So it's Terra. Does one at The Verge want to tell them that uh, not, every, not everything with anime is Genshin Impact? I'm just saying. 
What's next? You showed the the Verge uh, Ragnarok online like, oh, it's Genshin Impact. <sighs> There's gonna be a Dune survival MMO because apparently someone in chat says they guess Genshin Impact was so popular and now just everything needs to compare with them. I mean, I get why they compare it to Genshin Impact, but they're still wrong. And like, for those who are new to the podcast here, me and The Verge do not get along. Because The Verge, despite the fact being of one of the biggest um, tech outlets out there, they are horrendous at their job. If you don't believe me, go ahead and watch The Verge build a PC. It'll be very educational on what not to do. Someone in chat says, is it the Dark Souls of Genshin Impact? (laughs) Could you be any... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't even. Star Wars Jedi Survivor is a thing that exists. Apparently EA wants another shot at uh, at doing this. Kojima has resurrected from his um, from his bio-freezing chamber and has announced that there will be a Death Stranding 2. I cannot wait to see what new nightmare fuel that has for the rest of the world. Hades is also getting a sequel. No really, supr- No real big surprise there. A Suicide Squad game is going to be coming out. I have very little opinions on it. Street Fighter VI gets a release date of June 2nd, 2023. We are seeing a Ghost Stories game. This is going to be led by the former Bioshock lead, Kevin Levine. It's going to be a first-person shooter, but it's coming to the PS5 and Xbox Series series. Oh, it is coming to PC too. So it should be interesting to say the least. Uh, Among Us realized they actually should go ahead and develop no- new modes considering the fact that they have made money hand over fist and appear to still still decide to uh, absolutely follow the developer f- philosophy of saying that sloths are very slow and have only just now introduced a hide and seek mode that's, I'm not going to lie, is actually, it, it actually does look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. They actually did do an exceptional job of it. But that also being said, I'm pretty sure that some of the lead competition of Among Us has already had a hide-and-seek mode for a while. Like, I know some members in the chat play uh, Goose Goose Duck, which, in my opinion, is a... It's a better game than Among Us, but um, it's still a little rough around the edges. I'm pretty sure Goose Goose Duck has had a hide-and-seek mode, but I don't know, like, how good it is. But in any case, Inner Sloth shows that they're still alive. They're still working on Among Us, so good stuff. Uh, Dead Cells is having a crossover with Castlevania for reasons. Returnal and The Last of Us are both coming to the PC. I only vaguely remember hearing about the game Returnal, and judging by the little thumbnail I have here, I'm assuming it is a Dead Space-like game. Uh, Hellboy is a thing that is going to exist. Is this actually a... Oh, it is is a new game. I wasn't sure. It it looks very, like, TV, TV style, but it looks interesting. The developers of Celeste are introducing a new, what is very, very clearly going to be a um, a Metroidvania game called Earthblade. Dude, if you like Metroidvania, Metroidvania games, Earthblade actually looks really, really good. Going to be coming out in 2024, and that is the end of the actual news coming from it. Now let's actually talk about the actual awards. Uh, God of War won everything. Would you have doubted me if I <laughs> if I actually went ahead and said that seriously? <laughs> uh, all right, we're just gonna go ahead and like bum rush through these. All right, best adaptation, Arcane League of Legends. I don't have an opinion on that. 
most anticipated ga game the legend of zelda Te Te tears of the kingdom no shock there freaking um breath of the wild was good of course its sequel is going to do really well best esports game nobody cared i mean valorant valorant won but i'm sorry best esports team loud from valorant no surprise there best esports game val or i'm sorry i have no opinion on the esports one best esports game valorant no surprise there best esports event the 2022 league of legends world championship get wrecked valorant the best esports coach some guy the best esports athlete some other guy best content creator of the of the year ludwig no surprise best multiplayer game splatoon 3 also kind of no surprise although i really do wish there was more to splatoon 3 than there actually was i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie but splatoon 3 really did disappoint me but you know hopefully some updates will go ahead and pol polish it up it just doesn't feel right anyway Best Simmer Strategy Game, Mario plus, plus Rabbids, Chaos, Chaos Incarnate. All right. Best Sports Game, Gran Turismo 7, nerds. Best Family Game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. That's not too surprising considering the fact that there's not a whole lot of fighting games or f family games out there. Best Fighting Game, Multiverse, Multiverses, neat. Best RPG, Elden Ring, rip. Best action or adventure game, God of War. God of War Ragnarok, no surprise. Best action game, Bayonetta 3. Kind of surprised God of War didn't win that one. Innovation in accessibility, God of War Ragnarok. I don't know much about game accessibility, so I can't, can't really give a valid opinion on that. Best VR or AR game, Moss, book two, never heard of it. Best community game, Final Fantasy XIV, no surprise. Best mo mobile ga game, Marvel Snap. I'm, man, you talk about pick picking a... Uh, picking a rock out of a pile of other rocks best debut indie game stray i still need to play that best indie game stray why do we have the two categories i don't know best ongoing game final fantasy 14 get wrecked fortnite Woo! best games for Im impact a dusk falls never heard of it best performance christopher J judge god of war ragnarok no surprise best audio design god of war ragnarok because we just played it and it seemed really awesome best score in music god of war ragnarok well okay if you insist i guess best art direction elden ring i mean if you insist you want to know what elden ring is though it's dark souls with more green i mean it's their choice best narrative god of war ragnarok i still need to play it best game direction elden ring game of the year elden ring also went to bill clinton Speaking of which, let's actually talk about, uh, about this mystery kid. This kid right here. <laughs> For those who don't know, pretty much the only thing that a lot of people talked about from the game awards is a, some of the oddball performances like quote flute guy. And then this random kid that walks up with the Elden Ring crew that, um, here's how it went down. All right. And it's fascinating how this kid got away with it. So the Elden Ring devs are like in row six. This kid is in the first row. And as the Elden Ring crew like walk up past him, he just gets up and follows from behind them and then just acts like he's guiding them up onto the stage. So the Elden Ring crew just thinks that he's part of the staff and everyone else, including the observers, just think this kid who's just like walking around, hands behind his back, is just like part of the dev crew. And then this punk goes out and just says, I'd like to dedicate this award with like some sort of like weird fake Middle Eastern French accent or something. Trying to say that he, that he quote, nominates this award to reform pastor, or reformed Orthodox pastor, Bill Clinton. I'm sorry, here we go. My reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. 
That was a real thing that was said by a delinquent at the Game Awards. Thank God that this that this idiot came up there armed with that stupidity and not a knife. I want you to imagine that for a minute. Imagine if he was a psychopath. The security at the Game Awards has a lot to answer for, and they need to step up their game pretty drastically. Because, I mean, that was a situation that could have been far, far worse than it actually was. The kid, of course, after everyone was trying to figure out was that part of these ceremonies or not, the Game Awards announced via the host that, in fact, uh, the kid was arrested. Uh, no charges as of this time have been filed. I do not believe there, that really anything's going to be filed at all. But the guy clearly premeditated this. Someone in chat says there were Discord that there were discord messages that sh showed that he planned this out beforehand. Yeah, just kind of. The guy's a troll. That's just all it was. But anyway, that was the Game Awards that actually had things happen during them for once. In other gaming news, first off, I want to actually say what, uh, here on the Final Fantasy side of things, we're going to give you a, some good news and some bad news right off the bat. Good news. It has been confirmed the Pixel Remaster versions of FF1 through 6 are coming to the PS4 and far more importantly, the Nintendo Switch. And a lot of people are asking, why did it take this long? The answer is very simple. It's money. Launching a game on mobile and on the PC is dirt cheap. Does anyone want to take a guess at how much it costs to publish a game on Steam, excluding royalties, excluding your transaction fees. How much does it cost to get a game listed on Steam? Someone in chat says $1,200, $10, tree fitty. $10 was the closest without going over, it's $100. To get it published on mobile, on Android, it's $10. On iOS, it's 15 plus your soul and all the stress and five years of your lifespan as you stress over Everything Apple puts you through to be vetted. That's it, 100 bucks to be on Steam. To a lot of game companies, that's nothing. Especially compared to the cost of developing the game. On consoles, I don't even know what the cost is. It's a lot more. And goes to a lot... Not only is it a lot more to pay to the consoles themselves, but you have to hire a team to get the whole thing ported over, to test it on the dev kits. You have to be an approved partner on top of all that. And then there's a publishing fee. It is a lot harder to get your games on consoles than it is on PC and mobile. It was clear from the get-go, especially with how hesitant Square has been to actually like re-release the older games in an older art style, which is what the Pixel Masters are. They're a remake of the older games in an older style. They didn't have a whole lot of faith that would catch on, but they did a good enough job that it worked really well. I mean, let's be perfect. Here, there's two flaws of the Pixel Remaster games. One, at certain resolutions, the game is a little wonky with some screen tearing issues that you have to go ahead and um, set your graphic settings exactly perfect to get rid of them. And then two, the font is garbage. That's it. Oh, and the games are too easy. They put in so much quality of life. The games are really, e the, the, the older games are really easy, but that's it. The music, fantastic. The sprite work, amazing. The faithfulness to the original games, it's all there. Even some of the quirks of some of these versions, it's all there. If you are a huge fan of these games like I am, it's all there. 
a any sort of advanced tricks you knew in FF4, they're there. I've tested. It's all there. So to see these come onto the console, it does show that the games did well enough and they're willing to say, you know what? Let's get these out in more hands. And for I, for one, bravo. Bravo, Square. Bravo. Now, that being said, what the heck is your Crisis Core team doing? <laughs> because apparently, in one screen, in one section of the game, they have a painting up right within the game. And we can see if we look close enough, we have a Getty image images, stock image watermark on the picture inside the game. Here's what I'll say. If this was planned product placement, you got us. You got us. You got us good. You got us good. If the remaster team was so lazy that they wanted to go ahead and get a picture that looks kind of, so I just wanted like an old image, just like uh, whatever. And they didn't even bother to pay Getty Images for the rights to get rid of the watermark. Dude, come on. Oh, just, just shake my head. That's all I can do is just look at this and just sh shake my head, man. And the worst part is I could totally see the crew of the Crisis Core team absolutely mess that up. All right, let's shift gears over to hardware. One thing that's been going on with the RTX 4000 series of GPUs, for those who don't know, Nvidia had recently launched their RTX 4000 series. We currently have two GPUs out there, the 4090 and the 4080, both of which have this connector, brand new connector called the 12 volt high power connector. Just one cable, click, done, that's all your power. Up to 600 watts of it. Okay, what's the problem? It's hard to plug in, and if it's not plugged in all the way, it will melt. So of course the finger pointing begins, right? Who's responsible? Is it Nvidia for choosing the connector? Is it the manufacturer of these connectors? Is it the people who went ahead and made the standard? Cause this is a standard. This isn't something Nvidia invented. The PCI Express standard group went ahead and made this connector. They designed it. Well, the PCI standard group has gone out and said, nuh-uh, it's all of you guys for not testing their stuff and making sure it's not gonna melt. Our connector is flawless. It's Nvidia's fault for not, make, not making their connector correctly or some such. I hate to break it to the PCI standards group, but um, you're kind of wrong just a little bit because here, here's the thing, their design, has the tolerances be so tight. Their design from their schematics says that the connector is so fragile, it cannot be inserted and disconnected more than 30 times. Their own schematic says that it's that fragile, but you're gonna try and tell the rest of the world that, oh no, our standard is fine. It's all you people not doing it right. I can disconnect and reconnect the connector 30 times in under 30 minutes. Under 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Done. You're going to try and tell me that everything's fine and it's everyone else's fault? Bull. Bull pie. Keep an eye on these clowns because their blatant denial and trying to say that their standard is flawless. <laughs> Someone in chat says, you know, though, if you're disconnecting and connecting it more than 30 times, you're playing with yourself. I mean, fair. There's there's almost no reason to go ahead and uh, disconnect and reconnect it 30 times. But here's my question. How much longevity do you have in your thing if you expect it to 
only survive 30 connects and reconnects. That, in my eyes, as far as durability and longevity, you're basically admitting this connector is garbage. That we expect this connector to basically last a grand total of two, t of two PCs, two upgrades, and a move with it jostling around. <sighs> it is just unacceptable, especially when a connector is housing 600 watts. Not that it really matters because, of course, no one's getting these cards anyway because the 4080 and 4090 cost over $1,000. Even the 4080, the tier of card that normally costs five to six hundred, twelve hundred dollars for this card. Well, not in the EU, though. They're seeing price cuts. Not significant price cuts, but price cuts, which is doing very well and boding extremely well for the consumers. And let me just tell you, the fact that these cards are moving so little that they're already seeing price cuts in the EU, despite the fact these are current gen cards, some of which lasting, some of which haven't even been on the market for a full, you know, year. Then what? Not even full year, full few months. Then the 48 was just last month, right? <laughs> and already the price is being cut, huh? Hey, scalpers, how, how is holding those cards doing for you? They're going great, huh? You know, I'd feel bad for the scalpers if it weren't for the fact that they're scalpers. However, if you're looking for a GPU and want to pay more. The saddest GPU out there is up for auction. And when I say saddest GPU, I don't mean like, oh, look at the sad and pathetic GPU. Look at it. Look how horrible it is. <laughs> no, the GPU that could have been that marked the end of a legacy. The, e the EVGA RTX 4090 prototype next generation graphics. One of them is going on auction for charity and considering what the current landscape of 4090s and 4080s look like i i miss evg already they put the power connector on the back where it's much safer they built a very robust looking cooler that still looks nice it looks sleek with nice tasteful bits of our R rgb like this is of all the 4090s i've seen this is my this is the best designed RTX 4090, I have seen period bar none, straight up. And unfortunately you're not gonna be able to buy it because it's going up for auction. And let's be honest, nobody who actually plans on gaming is gonna buy this card. This card is a collector's item because it marks the end of an era, which is a shame because EVGA has made some fantastic products back in the day. But unfortunately that is how it's gonna remain. It's gonna remain back in the day which is you know it's it's a little disappointing we really wanted to see them go ahead and go to team red make some radeon cards but um it's not looking like that's in the cards with the way that evga is getting rid of all of their equipment for gpu manufacturing maybe down the road it'll be the case but it's not gonna be anytime soon speaking of which the radeon 7900 and 7900 i'm sorry the 7900 xt and the 7900 xtx that's not confusing at all has launched and um they're below a thousand ish the xts is at a thousand dollars and the xt is at nine hundred dollars the consensus right now is the fact that the xt doesn't make sense because it's a hundred dollars less and a lot less gpu than the xtx the xtx is faster hotter and in a lot of i mean it's not really faster so it's cheaper than the than the RTX 4080. It goes toe to toe with the 4080. In some cases, even faster, but it is definitely cheaper than the 4080. 
And in a lot of cases, it's smaller. Dude, the 4080 is massive. They put like a 90 series cooler on that sucker. It is crazy. Like the 4080 and 4090, there's a chance it's not gonna fit in your computer case. It won't fit into mine. And I have two standardized workstations. That's how big these cards are. They won't fit into a standard workstation case. Yikes. So it's a good step. It shows us some hope. But right now, even though there's new GPUs out, it is not the time to get in on the GPU market. Meanwhile, Ryzen 7000. We are planning on seeing new CPUs from them, including 3D cache. And it's going to be launching January 10th. I wonder what could be going on January 10th that would prompt a launch of this sort of stuff. Hmm, what could it be? What could it be? It, it's CES. Beginning of every year, there is a trade show called CES. And at CES, many, many things are announced. Many, many things that are very heavily consumer electronics related. And also fake meat sometimes because raisins. Yeah. <laughs> I am still salty about that. I am so, I am still salty about the fact that Impossible Burgers won best in show for the consumer electronics show. How is a burger a consumer electronic? Somebody answer this for me. I still don't know. Like just, 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 just. Like imagine if you went to like Iron Chef and your laptop won. It makes no sense. Someone in chat says a burger has a lot of bites. I'm fine, but yeah. New rising CPUs at CES, it seems inevitable. I do have some good news though for the GPU space, all right? There's something happy to be, something to be happy about. Right now, there are two major competitors. Actually, there's three. The third one being Intel. Intel Arc, unfortunately, has been um, uh, bad. We'll just call it bad. Their performance has been lackluster and everything else about it has been a disappointment. But here's the thing, the hardware actually looks fine. It's just a matter of the software getting just right, which is how you end up with software giving you up to double the performance. The worst part is that this, this graph from Intel, or rather these slides from Intel, showing up to 1.8% or I'm sorry, 1.8x improvement and 2.3x performance increase in older games is not an exaggeration. It actually is improving drastically. And to be blunt, good. Look at AMD and, and, and NVIDIA right now. All the newest offerings are flirting with that four digit segment. As much as we, as we beg AMD to like kick NVIDIA in the tail and compete, they are unfortunately still competing with, in, with NVIDIA for who can make the most expensive GPU out there too. I'm not gonna lie, I was greatly disappointed to see the their 80 series competitor be a thousand dollars. Cause that that tier of card that used to be something that was looked up to by the average gamer as like the top tier of what you can get without being a crazy person, but still obtainable. That's not obtainable. Twelve hundred dollar GPU. If you were playing a new computer PC build right now, twelve hundred dollars I'm willing to bet is two thirds of your budget. Some of you might even be all of your budget. If you're fortunate, it's probably half your budget. That's a lot of money. What's the rest of your, your PC? An i5, B-series board. When I got that 80-series, yay. 
it's nuts. It is absolutely insane that that's what our market has come to. So to see Intel kick back with some affordable cards and see an improvement and actually still committing to it, that's a very, very good sign. The other thing, if you're a streamer right now, right now, if you want to stream, there's one of two ways you are encoding your stream. You are either using an NVEC encoder, meaning that you have a GPU with a hardware-based encoder, encoder from NVIDIA built on it that you're encoding with. That's what I use here. Or you have a metric ton of CPU power that you're throwing at it. And I do mean a metric ton. Like I have an eight core processor. It caps out trying to render this stream at the quality that, that it's at right now. Like I just can't handle it. The Intel GPU has what's called an AV1 encoder on it. It is not supported by Twitch yet, but its performance is triple to quadruple what the NVENC encoder can do. You can end up with top tier quality in streaming with just the cheapest, most basic Intel card once it is supported. This means if you wanted to get into two PC streaming, here's all you needed. Here's all you need. One, a super junk off-lease office PC running anywhere between $50 and $150. Two, the cheapest Intel ARC card, usually about 100 bucks. Three, capture card, about another 100 bucks. Done. This has a lot of potential for streamers out there. And with that, that would be top quality streaming. That is how powerful this AV1 encoder can be. And that, quite honestly, is very, very impressive. Someone in chat asks, can you stream on a Chromebook? No, no, you can't. Chromebooks are a myth. Chromebooks are not real computers. Stop trying to tell yourself they are, in fact, real computers. What you can try to tell yourself with is that the next generation Intel processors that uh, may or may not be releasing at CES, or at least teased, might actually increase performance by up to 30%, according to some leaked reports showing that the Core i5 is outperforming its last-gen competitor by up to 30%. I'm telling you, as much as AMD is killing it, and I do mean killing it in the CPU sector, Intel is catching up and they are catching up fast. And you know what? We should all be really happy about it. These two titans of CPU engineering going head to head with each other, this is good, good, good stuff for everyone involved. We're gonna take our last break here when we come back. We have a lot of little product news to go, go over, a lot of odd news, and of course, the last burb, the weirdest story of the tech world. We will be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, well, apparently Pixel got an update. Apparently this is something that, that uh, Google does. They have a pen, pix, the December Pixel feature drop. And here's what they got. Apparently there's a free VPN through Google, in case you trust Google. 
you can go ahead and use that. Uh, clear calling is now available. This is another one of those Pixel 7 event features that was scheduled to arrive and, and came later. Well, now it's actually here. The ability to go ahead and reduce background noise and enhance the voice audio of the person on the call using our favorite thing ever. Are you, are you ready? Our favorite thing ever. AI and algorithms. You know, everyone's favorite buzzword in the tech world. We recorder speaker levels. Honestly, I'm just gonna be perfectly honest. I just want a way to record my phone calls. I know that's a legal gray area in a lot of states. It's not in mine. And I have so many hilarious conversations with scammers that I just want an easy way to get back at them. I know that's a lot to ask for and has a whole lot of other problems with it. But just come on, man, come on. Anyway, enough of my weird desires that are probably, you know, illegal. Spatial audio for the Pixel 7, 6, and 6a. This will give spatial audio. I don't feel like explaining what spatial audio is, nor do I really care about it, but there it is. A new security hub for more security things. New Pixel wallpapers, because that's worth a bullet point. A snore, sleep, and more for tracking on the Pixel phones. I'm surprised they didn't have this already. Universal search on more devices and live translate is now available in Arabic, Persian, Sweden, Vietnamese, and Danish. Neat. As well as a little more integration with, oh, I'm sorry, the Pixel Watch now has a, a Fitbit sleep profile, mostly because the Pixel Watch now is a Fitbit, deal with it. Um, new tiles for weather and contacts, kind of surprised I didn't have that from the get-go. And fall detection. In case you need to tell what season it is, we now have the ability to go ahead and detect if it is in fact fall, the most dangerous of all seasons. You know, nobody cares about winter, spring, or summer. We care about if it's fall. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It, it means that it detects if you've actually fallen and can't get up. That's, that's slightly more important. J just, just a little. And yeah, that is all the things that have suddenly come out to the Pixel. Someone in chat asked, have we, have we not learned from Apple? The thing is, is that um, fall detection like that, that has existed on other smartwatches for a long, long time. This is actually gonna go ahead and, uh, this is something that actually is more flushed out. The whole crash detection by Apple, that's where a lot of the problems are. H have you been on a roller coaster or have you been skiing or were you actually in a deadly car crash? Roll a dice and find out. That's what the Apple one is. But if you wanna talk about something that is concerning, um, we can talk about the AI revolution that is YouTube and how they are now using moderation bots to issue warnings in 24-hour bans because apparently YouTube has not learned anything from Twitch having automated uh, globaling bans. You can't make this up! Why? Why are this stupid? Oh, this is not a good idea. <laughs> this is just not. Oh, but come on, Eagle. It's just, it's just, it's just a little bit of automation. It's to help, you, you saw the hate raids on Twitch. It's to help protect, protect YouTube from said hate raids. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Shh, shh, shh. It's going okay. It's going to be okay. Dude, AI moderation can't tell when someone is scamming someone. I'm sorry, but the AI moderation that YouTube has right now is abysmal. For the, so for them to go ahead and step it up and give it the ability to issue warnings in 24-hour bans is horrible. Absolutely horrible. I, I, I need something smarter. I, I, I need something that helps me, like, feel that I'm not in a cyberpunk dystopia. Come on, come on, storyboard. T tell me something that I've got that will go ahead and give any kind of hope that I don't live in a cyberpunk world. Don't you have anything? Oh, never mind. 
How about the $15,000 Orb X-Pod? A, um, a chair with a desk integrated into it along with the rest of the computer where you just sit in the pod and uh, look like Professor X playing your games. Look, we've seen devices like this and they've all been prohibitively expensive. 15,000 is exceptionally excessive. Like, does this at least include the computer? Because I know Acer had one that, um, that at least included the computer for like 20 grand. Uh, no, no, it does not. Yep, 15,500 is to pre-order the orb. And that is for the station only. If you want customization, complexity of the set, the price will go up. It is a 757 pound uh, super chair that admittedly looks really sleek, but um, I'm not an expert, but I'm, I'm fairly certain if you in fact get one of these, you have secured your place in the human race as single for life, even after the chair breaks. Though maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone will get this and end up, end up with like a harem or something. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I think 15 grand for a chair is a little crazy. Someone in chat says I'd rather be the crazy cat lady. This is basically cr this. <laughs> what what is what's more expensive? Maintaining a herd of cats or uh, a fifteen thousand dollar gaming chair? Someone other than me do the math, because um I'd rather talk about the Steam controller and the Steam Deck. Valve has answered all of our most important questions. We wanted to know: Can Valve still? count to two ladies and gentlemen i can safely confirm valve can in fact still count to two valve has confirmed the existence of a or ex at least confirmed the plans of a steam deck 2 which will most likely just be focused on slightly better performance not too much more performance but higher end battery life which is the far bigger concern in the steam deck and also said they are contemplating a sequel to the steam controller the controller that no one except for me and maybe three other people actually liked and that i'm actually really excited for and i really do wish they used a better quality rubber because man the rubber on my steam controller it's um it it, it degraded and rot rotted really quickly and i'm really disappointed by that and i'm not gonna lie i'm actually really excited for it i can't wait to see it but now Here's the real question. Can Valve count to three? And that's what you really have to ask yourself. And I'm just saying, with their history with Half-Life, I don't know, man. I don't know. Apple Music is getting a mode that nobody asked for. Can you guess what it is? Is it a mode that you can pay a monthly subscription and get a whole lot of more access to? No. Is the ability to uh, watch TV directed in your, injected directly into your brain? No. Is it the ability to filter out DMCA songs? No. Is it the ability to go ahead and launch CDs like a Nerf gun? No. It's even sillier. It's karaoke mode. Cause haven't you ever thought for a minute about your, uh, about your Apple music and thought, man, I wish I could go ahead and uh, just sing karaoke. Oh boy. Someone in chat says they'd rather just get that singing game on the switch. You know what though? This actually might be cheaper. Dude, can you imagine how much of a riot slash nightmare your family gathering could be if you just fired up Apple Music on your uh, on your little set top box and activated karaoke mode and then laughed at your relatives as they fail as they failed to sing things? 
This will be very interesting. Someone in chat asked, do you need to pay for it? Yes and no. This will be a feature that'll be built into Apple Music. Apple Music, however, does have a fee associated to it, much like Spotify. So of course now you know what the next move has to be, right? Spotify now has to do it. You remove Spotify. <laughs> I'd be terrible at it though. The only songs I know I can actually sing relatively well is Down, Down With The Sickness by, by Disturbed and Scream from FF14. Everything else, that'd be terrible. And other news that is earth shattering, Nintendo action. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone in chat's correct. I can also sing Evanes Evanescence's Wake Me Up as Goofy, <laughs> but not my actual voice. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> anyway, earth shattering news. Nintendo actually apologizes. They actually apologized. This in itself is earth shattering news, but it's made even stranger because they apologized for one of the developers that gets the most underlined, the most amount of slack in the entire gaming industry. This developer single-handedly puts out subpar game after subpar game after subpar game. And Nintendo is apologizing on their behalf and are pressuring that developer to fix their game. I was waiting to see if someone could name who it was. People immediately started getting it. Yes, we're talking about Game Freak. Nintendo has directly apologized for the performance issues and bugs in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and is pressuring Game Freak to fix the game. And already there has been a patch 1.1 out to address the performance issues. Not gonna lie, you proved us wrong. I thought the odds of Scarlet and Violet being fixed was gonna be near zero. Game Freak was just gonna go ahead and say, yep, we made our money hand over fist. GG, Pokemon Company got, the, got their payday, we're done. Yeah, someone in chat points out the other earth shattering news. Something I actually didn't realize, the Pokemon anime is still going on, first off. I am surprised it is still going on for as long as it has been. To make matters even weirder, Ash has still been the main character, and now he finally isn't. As far as I can tell, Ash, after being 10 years old for over 20 years, is finally retiring because he turned 11. That is the best I can come up with for it. And finally, Ash and Pikachu are no longer going to be the star of the Pokemon anime series. We don't know who it's going to be yet. In before, it's actually his uh, twin brother, Sash, and uh, his starter Pokemon, Pichu. Or one of the other, uh, oh, no, 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 better yet. He has two starters, Plusle and Minin. How many other Pikachu clones do we have over the generations? Chat is ruining my jokes by giving me the correct answers. We know it's a boy and a girl. I'm pretty sure it's like, it's Dende from <laughs> DPZ. Everyone's ruining all my jokes by just giving me the correct answers, man. You know what's even worse? I'm pretty sure the actual correct answer is on my screen right now. <laughs> In any case, pop the champagne all around and have your fun because you never know when chat's going to step step on all of your terrible jokes and say no fun allowed. And you know what? I'm going to say fine. Fine. We're going to be that way. We're going to just going to move on. Yeah. Be that way. Although real talk, if the story suddenly shifted and instead focused on Gary instead, I'm in like a hundred percent. But they're doing the smart thing and actually going ahead and focusing on a radically different angle whatsoever, which is probably for the best.
the tech world has been shocked, shocked by something Dell has done. Dell has shown off a new version of the Luna modular repairable laptop and has shown off the fact that this laptop comes apart in mere seconds. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty impressive. You know, the, the world is shocked that Dell is able to do this, to go ahead and create a laptop that can come apart super, super quick. However, I wanna point out to them, of course Dell made a laptop that can come apart in seconds. They're really good at that. Like most people don't realize this because let's be perfectly honest. Like a lot of people who are just like, oh man, Dell still exists. Man, Dell makes garbage. Dell's a terrible company. You have only seen the consumer side of things. You look at the business and enterprise side of Dell. Holy cow. You wonder how that terrible shell of a company called Dell consumer side even exists. Their laptops before were toolless, the latitudes and the precisions. Someone in chat's like, oh, can the modular laptop play Crisis? The precision line? Yes, absolutely. You could take that thing apart in under five minutes. Get access to every component you'd want. Dell is insane at making modular, though expensive, computers. It's just their consumer side is absolute hot garbage. They used to have a decent side of it. The XPS line is like, okay. And they're, and they're, um... Oh, excuse me. And their Alienware line was respectable. Nowadays, it just, pfft, so much for that. Yeah, remember when Alienware went ahead and made a modular laptop that would use desktop components and then said, we're going to support this for a long, long time and then ended support a year later? <clears throat> very, very disappointed by them, by the way. Very much so. On the business side, it's insane what they can do. All of my servers are Dell just for that reason. Disassemble everything out of there. Easy peasy. We actually showed earlier, as you were trying to troubleshoot stuff, I have a bad hard drive in NeoRemder right now. As soon as a new one's in, chunk, chunk, done. Easy peasy, no problem. So I'm not surprised that Dell was able to make the Lunar laptop much more modular. I'd say good, because I know they can do extremely good things when they want to. It's just that when they don't want to, is when they just fill me with enough disappointment that I want to go and strangle someone. But not actually, because that'd be a crime. Remember when uh, companies were very, very focused on making things that were COVID-focused? Like, say, an electronic mask that purifies, the that purifies the air before you breathe it? And remember how I said that by the time these products come out, that the scare of COVID will be over? Enter the Dyson Zone! An item that looks like it came straight out of a cyberpunk world that is both headphones and an air filter that uh, the, only thing, the only thing missing from its cyberpunk aesthetic is a couple of useless tubes going towards the mouthpiece. And honestly, it's a decent concept. I'm very curious as to how good of air purification it's actually capable of. It actually could have some uses outside of, um, of a pandemic, but um, uh, just size, just shy of a um, $1,000 does not help. Someone else in chat also points out that it doesn't actually cover up the nose, which is also a big no-no. Yeah, there's that too. So uh, yeah, part of me still wants to go ahead and see the, um, see someone walk into a hospital with this on and just be like, hello, I am here for my doctor's appointment. You know what actually though? Here's what Dyson can do. All right, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. All right, 
embrace the uselessness. Let's get some RGB light strips here and here. Just get two rows of it. Get like a fiber optic cable of lights going towards that and then include a voice modulator. That way, as you're approaching, you can just go ahead and go, Hello, I am here for my appointment. Resistance is futile. I am telling you, it will sell. Not many of them, but it will sell. Yes, sync the RGB with voice. There we go. Now chat's on onto it. You see, you see? <laughs> sir, this is chat's, sorry, chat, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> see, see, chat's on board, chat's on board. Thousand bucks is still really pricey, but uh, you know, it'll sell. It'll sell. I think in its current form, it won't. I mean, I, I take that back. In its current form, it will sell because Dyson seems to just sell no matter what. Uh, all right, moving on to our next story. Adobe is going to have AI stock images. I just can't even anymore. This is what it's come down to, isn't it? Adobe will now just do anything to make money. Oh, AI, just, just make an algorithm, pump in every keyword, look at the art, pick whatever ones look well. The end. Uh, who was really surprised? Who's really surprised? All right. You actually want some news that's uh, good for once? Some great news, in fact. How about this? The energy production meme for what has been the energy production meme pretty much all time, reportedly, has actually happened. Ladies and gentlemen, a lab in the U.S. has achieved nuclear fusion ignition. Full disclosure, not a nuclear, not, not an expert in this field at freaking all. Not in any way, shape, or form. Even less than normal. But I do know that this has been like a major desire for, um, for the energy sector for a long, long time. Because this is potentially the ability to go ahead and create more energy than what you initially put in using a, ver a very clean fuel source. Now, as people in chat are pointing out, because this has been a big story across the science sector, big, 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 big stuff. This is not enough to go into current production, but it is proof that the meme is possible to actually go ahead and have energy gain from nuclear fusion. And that is great, great news, especially as certain man-childs try to create semi-trucks that are supposed to be the future while consuming more electricity than an entire town. I'm just saying, megawatt is a lot of energy, man. Meanwhile, in other self-driving worlds, the GM self-driving robo-taxi is facing a federal probe, mostly for being ugly. And also because apparently it has not been obeying traffic laws very, very well. Yeah, this isn't too surprising. Robo-taxis right now are also kind of a tech meme. Oh yeah, we can get self-driving, we can get self-driving, we can get self-driving! Ah, we have self-driving now! All of you drivers out there, you're gonna be obsolete. We have cell driving now. Yeah, N no, you don't. You still really don't. You're getting closer, but self-driving, full level five self-driving is a long ways to go. <laughs> Someone in chat asked, am I still salty about the electro trucks? I am salty about the fact that there are so many people that are just, uh, just want to ignore the reality of it. Like there's just so many going ahead and saying, oh, the future is now, old man. Look at how good everything is. Look at how great this all is. We have 
the EV semi now. Everything is perfect, old man. You don't understand. You still have some major issues. How are you getting the charging infrastructure for this? Where is it? How much can this semi truck hold? That is still the biggest question and no one can answer it. And that is concerning. That's my problem with it. The biggest questions are intentionally being ignored, but everyone is fine with it. Like, like I said before, imagine trying to buy an apartment or rent an apartment or buy a house and they wouldn't tell you what the square footage is. The car doesn't have battery for 25,000 kilometers. You're not interested. I think that's even more than you get in your normal gas tank, isn't it? Yeah, there's no charge stations for the semi right now. There aren't. It's currently on the, on the owners of the semis to install charging stations at their own depot stations. All right, 25,000 kilo, 2,500 kilometers is 1,553 miles. I'll just say this right now. Um, electric cars are never going to get that kind of range on one charge because gasoline cars don't get that kind of range on one tank of gas, even here in the U.S. And we love our, our big, giant, thick, thick gas tanks. Like my car is a range of 400 miles on one tank, and that's about normal. I'd say when electric cars get to that kind of get get that comparable, then we're then we're talking. But to say like I'm not interested in an electric car until it has 25 2500 kilometers of range, which is 1.5 thousand miles, that's a little unrealistic. I do agree though with with your second statement that um the battery should be should be on par if not a little better with a gas tank. But fortunately more and more is being done with battery tech. However, maybe we should use some, maybe instead, uh, maybe the reason battery tech sucks so much right now is the fact that we're wasting technology on this little story. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. I give you therapy to improve your memory with lasers. A non-invasive laser light therapy could improve your short-term memory. <laughs> by 20% it's the memory ray it's the memory ray from Futurama <laughs> that's all it takes non-inventive laser non-invasive light from lasers to improve your short-term memory oh my god that's how they're gonna get us to be like those cyberpunk like lights everywhere sort of thing that's what it is it's just memory lasers to constantly improve our memory because that's how much we've started to degrade. Oh my lord. I'm not gonna lie. This is really... This is just something else. That's all I can really say. Folks, that is gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, The Early Burr Briefing. Which airs Monday through Friday. We're planning on getting weekend shows back. But we're waiting for... You know... The, uh, my life to calm down a little bit before we can get get those back going and also check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and hopefully we'll see you next time bye bye
Man, what was that last story about? I already forgot. You know, maybe I should go ahead and talk about the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. In fact, where laser light can help improve your short-term memory by up to 25%. Just shoot lasers directly into your brain and improve your short-term memory. Then maybe you can remember the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week, in which this week we're talking about a laser light therapy that can improve your short-term memory by up to 25%. A very useful thing to have. And you know what? What's even better? Today, This week we have the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week.